We here at Stormdar Weather work hand-in-hand with the National Weather Service and other professional weather service agencies as a Weather Ready Nation ambassador. We are avid weather enthusiasts who have studied the likes of Mother Nature for over 30 years. The purpose of this podcast is to provide weather information, facts, and trivia in a manner that is entertaining and easily understood by everyone. Well, hello and welcome back to the Stormdar Weather Podcast. This is episode 127. I'm Rando. I'm Corey. And I'm Shara. And this is the episode entitled Big Heat Bubble. And that's basically what's going on is a great old big old heat bubble from the southwest that's moving over. Well, we always have a bubble over Branson, you know. Oh, well, of course. The Branson Dome or the Branson Bubble or... And now it's all filled with heat, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's pushing those storms away. Uh, and it, Well, it did the other day. Remember that? We had man. a watch out. Nothing happened. That was, what, Saturday? That, I know. That was Branson pretty... Bubble expanded all over southwest Missouri that, that day. It You know, it was it was weird. The only thing I, in hindsight now, I mean, for those, for those of you that did not live in the Ozarks last time, the, the Storm Prediction Center issued a severe thunderstorm watch for basically the western portion of uh missouri yeah and kansas and uh, just a sliver of it didn't go into arkansas i remember that but just a sliver of northeast oklahoma for three supercells two or three supercells over kansas and i think that they weren't sure which direction they were going that's the only thing i can think they were going they were diving south but if they had dived more southeast they would have come into southwest missouri well at first when they first popped it kind of looked like they were it looked like they were headed right to to joplin yes they were in the trajectory and then they just said hey let's go this way well and they turned exactly the when they and they got stronger and that and that's the thing yes. we always talk about uh for our listeners a little early weather school when you get a supercell or a very very powerful thunderstorm that starts moving in one direction and all of a sudden it takes a little right turn that's an indication it's getting stronger and that's really what happened and it powerhouse i think there were tornado warnings out on that thing for a little a little bit they were definitely severe thunderstorm warnings uh winds to 80 miles an hour they were talking two and a half to three inch hail i think with these well, the things. town of oswego got tore up there were church steeples laying all over the place power poles huge trees the one they got the softball side yeah the oh VFW yeah the w was uh just the, the roof was ripped off they had a ton of straight line wind damage there and and, and you know a lot of the the, the chatter throughout the day was how large the hail was going to be. They didn't really go to the to the straight line winds in the in the chatter portion. So I don't know that as many people were expecting the high winds that they got. But it really does look like a tornado hit it, even though it was just straight line. Oh winds. gosh! Well, when you get into you know anything, what what's hurricane seventy four mile an hour? Yeah, and we're talking about 
more than hurricane category one hurricane gusts going on of 80 mile an hour and i you know the softball uh, when, when i was looking at the thing it was down in coffeeville ish i mean it looked like it was going to go right to pittsburgh and so that's why we're like okay pittsburgh heads up and then within like 10 minutes i went okay i'm going to get stronger and go south so then all of a sudden that south storm to or the west storm robbed all of the energy out of the pittsburgh storm that's right. what was so cool about it. I was watching it, and it was raging towards Pittsburgh, and all of a sudden, the the one to the west just exploded, and the Pittsburgh storm was, yeah. And then it went and down, that's to, the one that hit Oswego. It's right there in that area. Ah. So, now, it, close to uh, Parsons, Kansas. Okay, now, did that move into the... It moved into the Miami area, right? It, it, it was headed right to Miami, and kept turning right, so it hit just to the west. Just to the way, okay, okay, and then it, I mean, they went severe in Miami, it went severe south of Miami, all the way, and it finally did go into Arkansas. And they finally did issue a severe thunderstorm watch down into Arkansas because warnings lasted into the night down uh, south of Fayetteville and on towards Little Rock. Well, those supercells were up near Topeka, that's when they originated, that's and when they popped, they, they were popped a little earlier than out. I was. Yeah, they popped a little earlier than I was expecting. I was expecting later in the afternoon, and, it, and they were popping by one or two in the afternoon. So. I know. I thought it'd be like three or four, but man, they started. Yeah. But they did not give up. Those cell. I mean, they were bubbling, but that complex, you know. And it was it was your class, almost your classic supercell ish derecho. Well, a derecho is more of a. I mean, would you call that? I wouldn't call that a derecho. Derecho's more multi-state bowline type thing. Well, I mean, this is I tell more you, super Once it got down into Arkansas, it kind of more resembled one than it did in Kansas. Oh, really? Because you know, it went linear down there. It was more of a supercell up here, multicellular. Uh huh. So I don't know what winds they had down there, but but it was severe, way well past you know, little Conway and Little Rock. Oh, they got so, way down there. Yeah, that thing yeah. just did not give up. And that was that was that was along a cold front. Now, here's the funny thing is because I, I kept saying, uh, okay, so nothing's going to happen, blah, blah, blah. It got late. Uh, nothing really happened in Brown. Nothing really happened in southwest Missouri. But And I told you I was just going to make a post and say, yeah, we're just going to say this is a bust and nothing. And you said, hang on. And I think it was morning wasn't it that morning? I mean, before I got up, or like at four or five o'clock, there was something come through. Five thirty okay. a.m. Uh, storm started popping just to our north and west, and although we did get hit here in Branson by some rain, we got a tenth of an inch. Oh my gosh! Uh, more, I think more rain fell over near Forsyth. I didn't see okay. any lightning. Uh, our pool umbrella was absolutely demolished. No. It really wow. was. It was left open all night, and oh. the wind got it, and it tore it up. So I knew we must have gotten a little bit of wind out of it. Or, yeah. Or, you know, something came through. Probably sub-severe. I mean, obviously sub-severe. Right. There wasn't any. I mean, it was you'd a big umbrella. You'd be all over. If they had popped a warning for us, you'd been all over it. I know that. Uh, no, there was no warnings or anything like that. It was just kind of a... More of a pop-up storm, and and that was along the cold front. There there was a front a boundary that went through, but the actual cold front lagged behind. And we talked about yeah. that. But then here comes that cold front uh, in the morning, and by the time I got up, which was like what eight nine something like that, it was all gone. So I thought, eh, 
we didn't get anything. And then I looked, <laughs> you know, at your post or something. I was like, oh, wow, we did get something, <laughs> which I thought yeah, was cool. I don't know what made me look. Uh, maybe the ground was wet or something. And then I looked at our, our, our weather station to see what we had recorded. And it was a tenth of an inch. So, you know, that's, you know. Just got something. At least measurable precipitation. Well, and then on a different story today, I mean, we were in a marginal, and then it kept moving up. Uh, Springfield was still in a marginal, but right above Springfield was in a slight, and then all of a sudden, St. Louis, they popped an enhanced risk. Uh, tornado watch was issued. I thought, ooh, and of course, I'm in a show or whatever, so I'm like, oh, Corey, make you know, make a heads up St. Louis. We got lots of listeners in St. Louis, which I love. So I kind of like to give them a heads up. And I think at the time I was at intermission and I th- I think it was either intermission. Was it afternoon, like three-ish or something? I don't know. They, yeah. St. Louis went under a severe thunderstorm warning. I saw that warning. I was like, eh, they need to do that. And right after St. the thing moved through St. Louis, a tornado warning was popped. And I saw some tornado-worn storms up there. So that was kind South of South of Springfield. South of Springfield, there was a tornado warning, and well, not Springfield, Missouri, Springfield, oh, Illinois. Illinois. Yeah, okay. And there was another one uh, a little further north. So yeah, I mean, I guess you know they said a few tornadoes could be possible in the watch. Uh, the watch mm-hmm. for Missouri didn't last too long. It got canceled pretty early on. Except yeah, for that line St. just Louis. kind of moved through, and and, and the trailing yeah. line. I mean, about what about three three or four hours ago, I made a post. Um, that I see that boundary was just going through Springfield, and if you kept following it up towards St. Louis, there's the dynamics were much better, and the further east you got on that boundary, the more activity was developing. So South Central Missouri, I saw, you know, red cells and lightning and thunder, and just a little boundary <laughs> moving through Springfield today. Um, and I, I, I was watching one of the TV guys, and they were saying that, that really that boundary... It, it's going to be a little cooler on the north side of it. I mean, cooler. I'm it was. It, I, uh, you know, I was watching the, the uh, 6 o'clock news out of Tulsa, and Travis Meyer had a, a, the regional temperatures. The temperatures uh, down here in the 90s and up in Kansas City were in the 70s. So yeah. 70. Oh, that's mm-hmm. nice. Oh. Well, I mean, I think even Ron was saying, like, in – Central Missouri tomorrow, it could be in the 70s, which, you know, uh, that little system, little, it was, you could see it on, on radar. It was swirling going through northern Missouri. So that made sense that, that an enhanced risk, you know, would, would be pop for them. And they did have that come out. But um, that boundary is going to slide down into like the Missouri Arkansas border to probably just south of that in the northern Arkansas and stall. And normally that would be the trigger. For, you know, rounds of multiple rounds of showers and thunderstorms. But the problem is that boundary is undercutting that big bubble of high pressure. It's just keeping on there. So we're going to have that chance of popping, but it's not going to be. Now, didn't you say that that Trav was talking about maybe something tomorrow? Uh, I think it was tomorrow i was i had the tv on and uh he was on tomorrow and friday today's wednesday right yeah, yeah recording on wednesday 
I think it was tomorrow uh, in the afternoon, possibly maybe some pop-ups. That wasn't anything huge. That would make sense. I mean, I mean that's where that boundary is. And the National right. Weather Service has got to 20 to 30%. I mean, it's not great, but it's something, you know, there. It's the same as we had earlier today for here, Yeah, basically. and nothing. I mean, nothing's here. Yeah. And as long as you have that big dome of high pressure, I mean, we've got the energy, we definitely have the energy. We've got the, got the humidity. That's on the increase because the southerly winds yesterday, uh, it was pretty breezy yesterday. Not bad, but that was ushering in all that, you know, some more humidity. And then we got the dome coming over. So it made total sense to me when that just, all we need is a trigger. Uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. But yeah, we just need a trigger to make showers and thunderstorms happen. And that's what happened up north, that trigger with the low pressure system. So they got some fun and we did not get any any fun we got heat i know so uh, okay i'm just gonna make make a guess here my guess is shara is hanging out at the pool a lot we all are y'all are no i didn't go today but shara shara took a long nap today okay today but she's usually at the pool she's got a you gotta see her tan it's just so darker than me well that doesn't take much no (laughs) That's no. not hard to do. I'm very white compared to my wife. Yeah. Um, well, you guys I can't, been out I can't of, tan. I just burn. So. Well, you guys been out in Tani Como, you know, kayaking. I mean, you're just posting all these been cool out pictures. In a few days. Yeah, we need to. We've been wanting to go back out. We haven't gone out. But we have life jackets on, so that affects my tan line. You know. <laughs> right. Right. You have the fisherman's we tan. Had a, we had a busy week, so we haven't been out. We had a kid's birthday and a big birthday party, and oh, Garen turned thirteen, so, right? Yes. Oh, I think teenager. That's why I'm so tired today. Just oh, I'm sure. It, oh gosh, I'm sure that all the you running out. and the boys being here and yeah, it was hot. So your third teenager. <laughs> well, we only have two teenagers right now because. One graduated to his twenties, so yeah, but he's your third, and then G- Gilly will he be still the fourth. Acts like he's a teenager. Oh well, yeah, yeah that happens. <laughs> our our drummer J- Jacob at the Hill, I think he's like twenty three or twenty four, and he, but he's a musician. Musicians, you know, I'm in my fifties, and I act like I'm a teenager sometimes, which gets me into trouble. Uh, that's why I can't go out and play disc. I mean, it's too hot for me to go out and play. Musicians disc golf. have special. You know, we per- down, permission for that, though, right? Yeah, well, yeah. We went down to the <laughs> farmer's market yesterday, and oh, oh my gosh. Like, we were there 10 minutes, and it is sweltering. And yeah. they have it right there on the blacktop of the landing. Of course. There's no breeze. I don't know how they stand there under those tents all day. Oh, I couldn't do it. Like, but we got some good tomatoes and some uh, blackberries. blackberries and peaches. You and know, some fried pie. I want to make some peach ice cream. I had the best oh. drink ever. I've never heard of it. It was called Desert Pear. Okay. It was, a, one of the, it was like a lemonade type thing. It's like thing. a homemade drink that they sell down there, but it was so good. Could have been that, you know, it was 3,000 degrees and I was just hot. And well, yeah. Okay. Wet, but <laughs> I wanted to jump into Tiny Como. That felt good. Uh, yeah, because you're right, right there, there on the water. Yeah. That's usually where we put in right there for with our kayak. Oh, you put it right at the landing. Some, when we're when we're just gonna Way down there at the end, if we just want to gotcha. go out for a few minutes. Sometimes we put it around Scotty's Trout Dock. Yeah. If we're gonna stay around the landing in Coon Creek, that area. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we'll put in at uh, at uh, Cooper Creek. Cooper Creek. And paddle That's about it. three or four miles down to the landing. 
See, I think you told me that last time, and I I can't remember. I think our podcast listeners remember. I just can't remember. We need to film sometime the fog, how quickly it comes up. Yeah, we we should go do a. A uh, time lapse of the fog on Taney Como one of these days. Oh, I'd love to. How fast. If you're on the water when the fog starts forming, get off. Yeah, it just comes up quick. It comes up. Especially between Cooper Creek and and Taney Como. And it completely disorients you. You can't tell which direction anything is or which way you're going. And it rolls. It rolls like like waves. Oh, please go down there. We got to do that. Yeah. That'd be cool. And it gets cold really quick. Well, yeah, I mean, you reach that condensation level. And I'm, I'm wondering I'm wondering if that's colder air coming down from when they let out. I mean, or if it's just that time of day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, they're definitely generating at the time. Generating, that's that what we're, yeah. Heat, the way it hits that cold, cold water. Oh, God, no. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it, yeah, it is definitely But we crazy got out, it. the other day we were, like, we could see the fog kind of starting to form on the edges, so we headed back to shore, and we got our boats out, and, like, I literally turned around, and the water was gone. It was like all you could see was fog. It's see, like, that's dangerous. Just in time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now, what time was this? What time are you talking about? Like, evening? 7.38. Okay, getting close to the... Okay, so just we're losing right daytime before. heating. Uh, yeah, that time. But we've been out there mid-morning and afternoon, and it... It's foggy too. Okay. It just de- it's not it, as bad. It just depends on usually around the edges. There's always kind of a fog. You know, I think Ooh, I, one thing cool. I've noticed, and I don't know if it's just me, is there are several springs that run into Taney Como along the route. Uh-huh. There's even a waterfall over by uh, CFO, uh, especially if it's been raining. But oh, okay. I think you know that spring water has been underground and it's cold. And it seems to me that fog forms more along the route where those springs come in to Taney Como. So it's even colder Which would make than the regular water. Yeah. And it's mixing with the air. It feel, It looks like the, the fog just is like hovering over those areas. Oh, okay. Now, do, do we have access to that spring or that waterfall? I have some video of it I took the other day. I, I mean, it's you right can there off the water. Yeah. Oh, nice. Nice. I don't know if it's flowing all the time or what, but it was flowing the other day pretty well. That it's not. I can't remember if that was after we had all that rain. Though but but is that Fall Creek? That's not Taney Como, is it? Yeah, it's not Fall Creek. It's coming from the other side. Oh, okay. But yeah. The, okay. That yeah. That's right. Yeah, it's coming off a cliff. But you so. you wouldn't want to kayak over that thing. Well, you couldn't. No, it's that would small. be impossible. <laughs> It yeah. wouldn't be like kayaking over Parasite. Oh gosh, and it's still <laughs> up. Which I don't want to do that. I either. would imagine. I haven't been able to. I haven't been on the Forsyth in a while to see it, but uh, I it is. Well, I'm usually. I mean, I, I. That's where the disc golf course, Empire Park, is right there. And I. It's right. been so hot. I haven't even. Well, haven't we even went gone to there. Rockaway. What day did we go to Rockaway? And About it was still ago. the water was up there still. Yeah, they're yeah. not letting much out. And... I mean, they're they're hold. I, what I don't. That's what I don't understand. It's like. I mean, I get that they're, they're they're you know not letting all the water out because that'd be silly. Then everything would you start getting dry. So I maybe they have some rhyme and reason why they're keeping them rather full. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, Taney Como is going to be the same wherever it is. You know, uh, Table Rock is a little full. Bull Shows is like really full. I haven't. Yeah, I need to check the website. I, I'm going to make a note to check the website on the lake levels. Uh, 
or have you checked him, Corey, lately? Not lately. Okay. I think they were getting back. I mean, Table Rock was uh, becoming better. It was in better shape than it was. Sit down two weeks to like nine fifteen. Nah, I don't think it's that low. I don't think. I'm yeah, near that nine twelve, nine eleven, nine twelve is pretty much power pool. And it was up around nine twenty nine, nine thirty. It's like, whoa, that's big. you know, from working at the showboat, it's really cool because there's the wharf uh, deck uh, that you get onto the boat, and when the lake gets really, really high, there's a it clicks the second level because the boat you can't change the boat, so you have to change the wharf. So when it's like nine hundred and twenty twenty feet, you're walking like this to get to the boat, like downhill, you know, until the boat. Or no, no, you're walking way uphill to get to the boat, and then if it gets any higher, they have to click this up, and then you're walking. It's really cool how they've got it. It's 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 a brilliant. Did you ever go to the, Did you ever go to the wharf deck when you were working on there and check out the wharf models? I did not see the wharf models, but since they knew I was into weather, they would let me go up to the captain's house and I would look at their little little instruments oh, that's and cool. stuff. Oh yeah, Bobby, Captain Bobby, let me up there. Uh, Shoot, I forget the other guy. Uh, one captain, he was totally into it. Uh, you know, the weather and like, storm dar and stuff. So he's like, "Come on up," and we'd we'd talk about weather and stuff. Uh, there's so many captains there. I mean, there there were like about four or five captains. Uh, I right knew now, most of them. I got I, I got the uh, stormdarweather.com lake level site up. Okay, I'm going to mark it off mine. <laughs> and uh, we're driving about two feet per week ish. Uh, we're down to nine twenty three. Oh, okay, okay. We're going uh, down. Tuesday, June, July seventh, we were at nine twenty five point eight. So it's definitely going down. Okay, and that's Table Rock. Danny Como. Well, is, it's always going to be seven oh three, seven oh two. It goes up and down, up and down, up and down, right. depending on how many generators. You know, per generator, the lake level rises uh, two feet per every generation unit that's that's on. Yeah. So, and that goes up and down with a push of a button. I wonder if they can operate it on their phone, like uh, you know how Ted Martin oh, baby. can st- sound the sirens. Oh yeah, you know, with his with his iPhone. Yep, yep. <laughs> Which, by the way, Ted Martin probably would have sounded the sirens if we lived in Oswego the other night because it was. I know. Those winds well, probably I- hit the threshold for seventy miles an hour or whatever to or large oh, I'm hail sure. something. Yeah. And those are the outdoor warning sirens, not tornado sirens, of course. Right, right. But still, I mean, even the National Weather Service today was having issues. Um, it, it, it was weird because I was checking radar, and I said radar down. And then I texted you and said the radar's down again, and there's no status message. And then you did some research and found out the radar was fine. It was the – was it just – the Springfield office, the communication system was all jacked well, up or something. Evidently, uh, their weather radios were affected. They couldn't issue warnings uh, to any weather agencies or to us. If there were going to be any warnings today, it was going to be coming from the Paducah, Kentucky office. Yeah. Which is, I don't know that I've ever seen that. I, I think that's. I mean, I know they do that. I know, like if well, yeah. Tulsa would go down, Fort Smith or not Fort Smith, but Springfield would take over and uh, the surrounding offices. And that's understandable. Of and course, same as, same as when a radar goes down, you use a neighboring radar. Yeah, which is what we have to do very often. Uh, yeah, but I mean, uh, Springfield radar is back online, so I think they that was back online like at seven or something. So oh, yeah. I guess their communication issue has been resolved. So maybe there was like a fiber cable cut or something. It's usually what happens. 
I think it's the big bubble of heat just kind of went and fried it there. Could be now. Can I can I get on my soapbox for a minute? Sure, soapbox. Yes. Well, everybody knows it's hot. Mm-hmm. You know it's hot, right? I think you're getting on my soapbox. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. Mm-hmm. This is Corey and Sherry's soapbox. Okay, I got to make a drop. Yeah, and okay. if I pass out right now, it's because my whole leg is just about. I can't feel it because it's falling asleep on me. Oh, okay. And well, uh, I won't make you pass. I may out. have a blood clot or something going on here. If I'm not. Here much longer, well, that's why. Well, Share can keep going. Yeah, well... Ah, now, here comes the pins and needles. Oh, anyway, I know. I like that. <laughs> soapbox. It's hot. Share's laughing. It's, uh, I love it. We're nearing the end of July, going into the, uh, you know, hot month of August. Supposedly, and everybody, yes. And everybody... Has become scientists on Facebook. Everybody has Facebook. <laughs> you know. Uh, social media. Twitter... YouTube. I've seen it on all everything. of everything. Vimeo, Liker, I've all seen, this stuff. I've yeah. seen people. People are posting about uh, our COVID nineteen issues going on around you know Branson. Everybody wearing masks and stuff. Right, right. Well, the newest uh, myth going around that people are sharing on Facebook is to turn your air conditioner off because it'll kill the COVID. Because it kills the covid the heat will kill the covid and it won't and 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 you don't want it circulating in your home the heat won't kill the covid in my opinion you want that circulation going (sighs) and you know there's filters in your air conditioning but you know we don't want the elderly people to be who are sharing this to actually do that no especially where when we're going to be under some heat advisory uh issues coming up this week i can't believe you know, you know what is I'm wrong with people that we haven't had the news come across and say you know do not turn your ac off absolutely under no circumstances do you turn your ac no. off in 100 degree heat and well we've seen posts from area schools who are now posting their guidelines to reopening and the ones in oklahoma says yeah, we were going to uh, minimize air conditioning and open windows. Well, they're going to keep the windows open just to keep airflow in the room, but yeah. not turning off the air. Oh, is that what it was? Okay. Not oh, okay. the air off. It no, was they got to keep the know. air on. It I don't even know that keep, they need to open the windows. It was just to I mean, keep fresh but, air. But nobody knows what to do right now. So that they're all not just sitting in that same air. I know what to do. Everybody needs to use their head. That's yes. what they need to do. If it's Everyone hot. has lost their heads. Anyway, oh that was my soapbox. Don't turn off your air conditioner, no. no matter what Facebook tells you. You know, and I know a lot of elderly people. Do I mean, I don't think anymore. Now, my mother, she she's not in this category, but I know a, a lot of people that they say, well, it's just hot, and they've got their their you know the air conditioner off, and they got their fan on. And I'll be just fine. They're sitting there like drowning in sweat, becoming dehydrated, and possibly well, my heat strokes. Are in that category. Oh, they no. They do not turn their air on. Well, and they're sitting still, and they don't realize how hot it is. You get used to it, and... But they've been like this since I was introduced to them in 1976. They lived through the Depression. They were born in the Depression. They're 87 years old. Well, so and they know how to conserve. Yeah. Well, but, y- you know but, what? <laughs> but, but you should have been raised the same way because your mom's about that age too, right? She she's up there, but my mother's not stupid. If 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 it's hot outside, not, she's turning the air conditioner they're, on. <laughs> they're both on. They're both on blood thinners. So, 
their blood is thin, they're cold. They're not as hot, and they're sitting still watching TV. Okay. So they just don't realize. I mean, they're comfortable. So check so on you, the elderly when it's hot. That's what I'm getting to. You come in from outside and go into their house, and it actually gets hotter. Like, it felt better outside, and we step in, and we're like, whoa. And they're always oh, yeah. like, hey, if you want to turn on some air, you can. You know, we're like, but okay. They're, they're <laughs> comfortable, though. And like I said, when you're on blood thinners, you're cold all the time. Really? So. Yeah, but 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 is that like a like a... Uh, a, a fake thing where you think that you're okay, but no, really, I mean, their blood is running so thin that they don't have that body heat, and yeah, no, yeah, they feel cold. Wow. Well, my mother is smart. I know she listens but to this turn podcast your air every on. time. Yeah, she got her air on. She she goes and waters the birds in the morning and waters the birds in the evening, and she's got a hat, and she she goes up to the shade. Might take her hat off because it gets hot. Goes and fills up the bird bath. Comes back and she goes back inside. And I think if it's nice, she will go and sit out on the patio like at sunset and uh, what she calls feed the mosquitoes because you know they're hungry and they're and they so like she'll, me. Yeah, <laughs> but I think what's happening. Okay, I have they a don't question. Eat off me because I'm an Indian. I'm a Native American Cherokee. I am more Indian in me than you. In I am. <laughs> A card-carrying Native American. I get the benefits and you don't. Anyway. Anyway, I have you know, a question. You know, they lived outside and I don't get eaten up. So there you go. Okay. I have a question. This is not a weather-related question. Okay. My mother is having issues. She will go outside. Now, what is it? July 15th, okay? She'll go outside and sit down and try to have her coffee and feed the mosquitoes. And the neighbors next door start shooting fireworks that are huge, exploding fireworks. And I'm thinking, how much longer are we... I thought you were supposed to stop shooting fireworks like the next day. If you're in the city limits, it was only supposed to be... And some didn't even allow it on July 4th, but... Most towns that allow it, it's only on July 4th. And yeah, well, she's a mile outside the city. Could, if she's out of city limits, yeah. you can do it anytime, year-round. In Springfield. I oh. mean, that's the way I grew up. If you're not in city limits, we we could do fireworks in all month August. long in July. Wow. And then we did them again for New Year's. and Maybe it was a funeral. I do that now. Well, it, it, well, it's her. Ne- no, it's her next door neighbors, and, and oh. she she got kind of mad the other day. She said, "How close are her neighbor? Like right there?" Oh yeah, yeah, next door. It's yeah. your, your typical block. She got mad the other day. She went in. She said, "I slammed that door, and I hope they heard me." It's like, "Oh, Bob." <laughs> I'm sure they got very offended. Yeah, oh, I'm no, sure she slammed her door. <laughs> the old lady next door is slamming her door. <laughs> anyway, I think it's time to get to the tropics update, and I still haven't got the drop yet, but I hopefully will next week. Um, actually, this week the tropics update is going to be really short because there is nothing going on in the Atlantic. Uh, there's nothing going on in the Central Pacific, which is near Hawaii, Hawaii. Uh, nothing there, and only one little bitty disturbance, uh, which they say is several hundred miles south-southwest of southwest Mexico. And it has a five-day predictability of becoming something of only 20%. It's a yellow X. There's nothing out there, Corey. There is nothing out Good. there. I agree. And I don't know if it has to do with the. Uh, I think. I think. I think it heard we had COVID. And no, just all I think <laughs> they don't want over here. <laughs> I think 
we shouldn't get used to the fact that nothing's happening in the tropics. Yeah. Oh, I know. It will. It will, though. I mean, I it, it, it's kind of what it did last time. It, it, we had this break, and all of a sudden, boom, everything just kind of exploded. And, uh, yeah, then we had, was it Michael Irma? What was it last year? Uh, or was that two years yeah, ago? See, that was a long the, time all ago. All these years are running together. That was that was six Irma years was ago. Like forever ago. It was like three, two or three years ago. I don't know. Well, actually, she she comes back actually, every six we've years. Probably used Irma again by now. <laughs> yeah, Irma coming back. <laughs> I love it. Well, I don't know. Maybe uh, we're just going to have to look at that. I, I talked to Marilyn. I have an idea for this music drop, so I'm going to do that. But uh, well, Corey, you got something? Looks like you got something over there. Uh, well, I got something. <laughs> Uh, did you know that we're officially under a La Nina watch? That was news to me. That was yeah, because it's been La Nada for months now. What are they saying? Well, we're under a a La Nina watch now. I'm not convinced that anything's going to happen out of this. Mm-hmm. Seems like a couple of years ago we were under a watch forever, and nothing really ever. Oh you know, yeah, well, July 9th is when they officially. Put us under a La Nina watch. That's uh, that's Noah that did that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, gotta watch for those La Ninas. Yeah, you know, right now the chances are only about fifty to fifty-five percent of 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 it developing into a La Nina. Yeah. Okay. And, and they're saying the water is cooler than normal uh, around some of the areas that are being monitored. Okay. Now that that's Which specific. Is, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which is in contrast to the water being very much, you know, it's been warmer for months now down in the Gulf of Mexico, and you know, so that's a little different. I think know, yeah, it's kind of stay. I did see this one graphic where it said, and I don't even know uh, it was one of these things in pa- <clears throat> excuse me in passing where the graphic said co- the cooler waters of the Pacific are going to translate to warmer waters in the Gulf, which is what's apparently happening i mean that whole thing if we're under la nina because la nina means cooler than average sea surface temperatures average over three month period so and what they look for you know for la nina they can monitor it and it can affect weather you know six months down the road uh yep you know and, and that's just exactly what you want to watch for now the opposite of la nina is El Nino. Yes. And uh, we're not looking at, at El Nino conditions. Did we have an El Nino last or a La Nina? I think it was a La Nina, right? It's been a while. Yeah, because but... because the monster Armageddon El Nino was like three or four years ago, and then we just kind of settled out yeah, a little bit. it's been a while. I need to cross-reference but... that to see when those big hurricanes... You know, went in uh, Florida, right. Irma, <laughs> three or four years ago. I don't know. And cross well, to see point, what that was. The point of a La Nina watch is to give planners, planners for energy, agriculture, disaster management, and other sectors a heads up that the chance of a La Nina developing is greater than the combined chance of neutral and El Nino. Oh. So it could be devastation and destruction. So you have a... You have a graph with an arrow pointing uh-huh. in three different directions. The arrow is pointing more towards La Nina than any of the other. You know, oh. Like a, hmm. but, we, uh, may, we may need to have that weekly. or is it? They come out every week. 
or every month? That I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll figure that out. We'll have to start posting that. You make one of your fancy, fancy graphs or whatever. But <laughs> Now, this basically tells us what to do in okay. the La Nina watch. Ooh, okay. What, what do we this need magnitude. to do? What we need to do is get a coin. Now, you may not have be familiar with this technique. Okay. You get a coin... And you flip it, heads being yes, La Nina, tails being no, La Nina. Wow. And that's basically what how much they know right now. I'm impressed. It can, it can, go, it can go either way. That is if you can find a coin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have to have the, oh, well, I have to give you the, uh, wah, wah. yeah, <laughs> give the trombone song. <laughs> You know, anyway. the yeah. Well, I mean, when when you said they're talking like fifty percent, well, that's that's fifty. It could go either way, you know. But if you divide it in three, El Nino versus La Nina versus La Nada or whatever, you know, it's or leaning la, towards them. What, what what happens if they expect one and does, is it a La Busta, La Bus, a La Bamba? No. I think La Busta. Yeah. La Nada is just nothing equal. That's, prob- I mean, that's prob- a Lanada. Prob- probably just a La Nope. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Oh, well. <laughs> well, speaking of La Nina and El Nino and all that, our weather school is all about El Nino and La Nina. It goes into a little bit more detail. Uh, Corey did a great teaser on there. Uh, detail about exactly what it is, how it can affect the weather, and uh, anything else you want to do. So let's get to the weather school. If there's something about the weather that you want to know, Stormed our weather school. El Nino. We've all heard of it, but what exactly is it? And how does it affect the weather? In the past several years, scientists have studied the sea surface temperatures in the Pacific Ocean. Variances in these sea surface temperatures are thought to play a role on global weather, which involves changes in both temperature and rainfall. This warming and cooling of water temperatures give us what we call El Nino and La Nina. These events are thought to have been occurring for thousands of years, but these effects have only been seriously studied in the past few decades. This phenomenon is usually a long-term occurrence, which lasts from anywhere from a few months to up to a year or more. When sea surface temperatures are warmer than average, it's referred to as El Nino, which has a rough Spanish translation to the child or little boy. Conversely, Cooler-than-average sea surface temperatures are coined as La Nina, or Little Girl. The area that we monitor for these warm and cool temperatures lies in a specific region of the Pacific Ocean just either side of the equator, starting just off the western coast of South America and extending westward for several hundred miles. Typically, we feel the effects of El Nino and La Nina mostly in the wintertime, but their effects can be noticed throughout the entire year. Let's talk about El Nino. When we have an El Nino season, 
the warmer sea surface temperatures essentially cause the jet stream to shift and sometimes brings extreme weather to some areas on the planet. We look at El Nino to give us an idea of how the weather pattern could affect the U.S. Generally, in El Nino years, the jet stream sets up along the southern states, primarily from California through Texas through Arkansas and Georgia. The jet stream is essentially the storm track, and waves of energy tend to ride along the jet stream. The intensity of El Nino gives us an idea of just how far south the jet stream could go. Typically, a higher probability of severe weather occurs in the southern states during an El Nino year. California, which is usually dry, can see quite a bit of rainfall during these winter months. States like Mississippi, Alabama, and Georgia usually have quite a bit of severe weather when this occurs. Colder conditions usually occur in the Midwest since the more southern position of the jet stream tends to allow more Canadian air to move into the country. The larger scale structure goes like this. A low pressure system often develops in the Bay of Alaska and the winds traveling counterclockwise around that low tend to feed a lot of moisture into the California region. The low also flings warmer air into the northwestern U.S., so those areas will generally experience a warmer and drier than average winter. This setup also can allow for a pocket of very cold air to pool up in Canada and then slide into the upper Midwest states. This would give the northeastern U.S. a colder and snowier winter. On the opposite side of the coin is La Nina, which has cooler than average sea surface temperatures. Many times when La Nina occurs, then it causes the jet stream to stay up over the northern part of the country. This helps prevent the bitterly cold air from coming down from Canada. La Nina causes high pressure to set up over the Bay of Alaska, and the clockwise airflow around that high allows for a drier and warmer winter over the U.S. El Nino and La Nina give us a very broad seasonal outlook on how the winter season could set up. Even in a strong La Nina year, when the jet stream is parked across the northern states, there will still be occasions where cold air will make its way down into the center of the country, but those cold snaps usually don't last very long. And, in an El Nino year, there will still be a few periods of warmer temperatures, but then a return to colder conditions. When sea surface temperatures are average, then we won't be in an El Nino or a La Nina phase. This is what we call La Nada, or a neutral phase. When this happens, the jet stream generally keeps its pattern of tracking across the central part of the country, and the extremes in the weather pattern aren't that noticeable. There's always a combination of things that affect our weather. This weather school was designed to give you a very general idea of what happens in a typical El Nino or La Nina year. And even if we are in these phases, the actual weather conditions depend on a number of variables, like when did the El Nino or La Nina start, how strong is it, how long will it last. These factors have to be built into making some kind of winter outlook. 
the El Nino and La Nina patterns just give us an idea of what could happen. We don't know what causes these sea surface temperatures to fluctuate. We just know that they do. So next time you hear that we're going into an El Nino or La Nina phase, you'll have a better idea of how the meteorologists devise their outlooks. If you have a question about the weather you'd like us to answer, then send us an email at stormdarweather at gmail.com. And in the subject line, put weather question. Well, that does it for this edition of Stormdar Weather School. And there you have all the information you need for El Nino and La Nina. And uh, yeah, we'll, we will keep following this uh, La Nina watch and see. If it's going to go anywhere, I who knows? Like you said, flip a coin. Let's see where it's going right, right. now. Well, we uh, we uh, in, we have some in other news. Corey and Shara went out, and I went out to look for comet ne- Neowise. I think it's Neowise. Neo- yeah, Neowise. Does, 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 does is it like does it does the N stand for a word and an E and like a, uh, an well acronym? Neo means new and Wise yeah. means smart. So news white. Yeah, that's probably not what his name is. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's a new smart comment. Yeah, it's a smart, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, there's a comment. You know, uh, up until now, you could see it right an hour before dawn. Now you can see it about an hour after sunset, an hour and a half after sunset. Uh, tonight, there's some high clouds out there. I didn't really see it. Uh, yeah. I did find the dipper. I did find the big dipper. Yeah, I found the But then the, the clouds kind of go went around it. It may be like 20 minutes too early to see it. But, um, well, it said what I saw was like, right, do the dipper and go just to the northwest or something. And yeah, there's just this little mass of clouds. I'm like, crap, I want to see it. Yeah, I wanted to see it too. Now, what I did see was the International Space Station fly over my head. That was cool. You know, I had my app open that tells me what things are in the sky, and I could tell that the space station was, was coming, getting ready to come over the uh, the uh, horizon. Ooh. In about a minute. Oh, cool! And within four minutes, it was over my head. That's how fast that thing goes. Seventeen thousand miles. Oh gosh! The other night? Yeah, we saw it the other night. Um, well, do people think it's a shooting really star? Cool. Maybe. I mean, it's not a shooting star, but it's too slow to be a shooting. Are we talking star. about the comet or the no space the, station? The space station. I mean, and I know it's I fast. Actually, they probably would be more apt to think it was a plane but it but it's way way too fast for a plane for the the plane (laughs) the way that it moves just rhythmically across i mean it's going the same speed i would assume that we're going to have another viewing uh in about two hours the way because since it flew right over my head Uh and the trajectory doesn't take it that far north or south every time it flies over so i'm gonna guess it's gonna be a viewable at a different angle in a couple hours we could look it up though perfect post it well see i I will have this all processed in an hour and then people will listen to it about uh 11 34 and then they'll go outside right at it you can always go to spot the station.com which i never do i just look at the station yeah or google that and it'll come up okay but um skyview app on 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 Android or iPhone, and you can find the Hubble Tape Space Telescope. Now, does that one tell space you, debris. Show you what the constellations are that you're seeing too? Yeah, it does. Sometimes I turn that off because it gets muddled up. You know, it's yeah, just Skyview I mean, or something. Yeah, to mm-hmm. show their kids or look for constellations or whatever, then they can. But yeah. Neowise, the comet, 
Yes. Now you're supposed to be able to see it, and it's supposed to be getting brighter as the week progresses this week. Um, and then it's going to disappear for 6,800 years. That's so, a long time. Uh, now's your time if you want, if you're wanting to see it. Yeah, you won't be here for the next. Okay, week. I'll get up. I'll make sure I see it. You want to look up at the northwest skies about an hour and a half after sunset, which is now, and but it's cloudy. Well, now, well, at the time of this recording, yes, it's ten o'clock right yes. now. <laughs> but sunset's like uh, what eight thirty? You just and say also, Branson, you know, an hour and a half after sunset. Yeah, okay, sunset good. was around eight thirty. But uh, it was around 8.30. But honestly, it tells you to go to the darkest area you can find. And Branson has a lot of light pollution no matter where you're at. Even though it might seem dark in your backyard, there's still a lot of light reflecting up into the atmosphere from from town. Yeah. So it might not be the best area to see it. You know, take a drive out to, you know... Eastern Taney County is the best place to look for stars, and and oh yeah, uh, you know past Forsyth over and you know in the yeah, Kissy Mills area, and then the Pro Tem. That's just dark over there. Oh it's gosh, just, yes. you can see. I bet Taneyville is probably good too. It, it probably is. It yeah. Probably is. Well, it, it, if if you're along the banks of Bull Shoals, I mean, you're pretty much out in the country, you know, because they have those little side creeks that go out. Uh, from there, I've been now, fishing on them a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah. Now, Neowise, the comet is going to be moving higher in the sky as the week goes on, and it's going to be its closest point to the Earth on July twenty-third. Ooh, really? Okay. Now, if you really want to cool. see the dust tail, get a pair of binoculars. You don't have to have a. You don't really have to have a telescope for this one. So. Okay. Mm. Now they're also saying, folks in. The northern hemisphere should it should remain bright enough to spot into mid August. Oh, really? So, yeah, that's interesting. Okay, I'd like so, to get, so, so the brightest you're saying is probably like I'd around like the twenty third, right, of July. Okay, gotcha. Well, that's the closest point, I think. Um, I want to get a nice camera and find it. Let's do it. Yeah, I but get my we, son's camera. Oh well, yeah. That, that's a great camera. <laughs> yeah, you did the Bugnado on. Did you do the, the Bugnado? Bugnado cam, which is now totally international because Italy has latched onto it. It went to Italy. Isn't that somehow. crazy? I love it. I don't know what they were saying about it. Though, no, so they could have been totally bashing it. <laughs> no, they were explaining different types of tornadoes. They had snownado and yeah, they had um, all um, kinds of. Fire NATO. Yeah, they had like three or four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. That so was, that it was, was cr- of course. Yeah, but but they you, you had to like figure it out because they were it's all Italian. You couldn't yeah. understand anything they were saying. <laughs> so I thought that was cool. Uh, right. Yeah. Well, you know what? If okay, now back to Neowise for a second. That it's about that same time every night. Then is what you're saying about an hour, hour and a half. That's after what sunset. they're saying. Yeah. Okay. So I've seen an hour and I've seen an hour and a half. So find you a clear night in the next week or two, and hopefully... Yeah, that's right. If you put your camera on a 10-second exposure, they say you might be able to get the tail in a picture. Ooh. And that's what I want to do. Because I've seen graphics. But yeah, the 23rd, that's a week. I mean, today's the the, uh, 15th. But but, but I'll tell you this. It's unknown whether... Or not, it may be closer to Earth, but it's unknown whether or not the tail will last. 
if it sheds its tail, which it can, because that tail's, you know, from, from melting ice from the sun and from the gas from the melting, because it's a big ball of ice, basically. Right, right. Now, it got pretty close to the sun, and they didn't know if it was going to survive, and it got its closest point to the sun on July 3rd. Uh, they thought, well, this comet may not survive, or the tail may not survive, and we wouldn't be able to see it as well. Because it's new, well, right? We it, 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 it Well, we discovered it just a month or two ago. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So, uh, you know, they decided that, hey, look, there it is. It's, it survived the sun, and, and it's brighter than... It's brighter than a lot of comets have been in the past. I forget how they measure the the magnitude of the brightness, but it's like a two where okay. a lot of the comets are like a point four or a point six. It's way up. Oh, there. so this one is uh, you get it right yeah. and dark. You yeah. can see it yeah. with the naked eye. I mean, so did, did, I really want to drive out to the country oh, in the next couple of days. That'd be I really cool. want to. Well, yeah, just plop Sharon in the car. She can sleep on the way out there, and uh, yeah, she's like okay. Well, I mean, it's not like. <laughs> It's not like it's a late night, overnight. No, event. You know, oh, no, no, it was early morning, but now it's not. So yeah, it made me sleep in a driveway and twenty below when I was nine months pregnant. So yeah, things I do for weather or neat. <laughs> and I also did husband, that when we were yeah. looking for. What were it was a meteor shower, right? It was a meteor shower when we had to sleep in the driveway. We saw some earth grazers. It was great. Anyway, I think Shara was just pregnant and just didn't want to be out there. <laughs> it was like twenty degrees. Oh. And like nine months pregnant. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, anyway, blankets. But and speak, speaking and... of of twenty degrees, uh, uh, did you have some more to say on that, Corey? No. Okay, I was going to say in twenty degrees, the, quite the opposite of that is what's going on in Death Valley this week. Record heat in Death. Valley, um, yeah, it's I, hot. Isn't that why it's called Death Valley? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, now it, here, this is from Death Death Valley National Park. It looks like no, it is Facebook. I, I can't tell if it's Facebook or, or Twitter or whatever. But uh, they have a picture of uh, some park rangers out there standing next to a thermometer at oh, where, where's it called? Uh, it's called uh, oh shoot, where are they at? Oh, Furnace Creek, Furnace Creek. Mm. Visitor Center. Wonder why it's called that. I have no idea. Well, probably because the thermometer is saying 129 degrees out there. Wow. I wonder uh, what the size. Death Valley is a pretty large area, right? uh, Well, it's Death Valley National Park. Yeah, I think it's. Yeah, I think it's pretty pretty huge. It's it looks according to the map, it's more cylindrical, kind of like Japan. You know, it's kind of like got got a cylindrical, not a cylindrical. uh, kind of straight. It's not circular. It's 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 gotcha. straight. I don't know. Like Japan. That, that's the first thing I thought of. I look at it, that looks like Japan sure. because it's like Death Valley, know. Japan. There's a lot of uh, similarities. Yeah, a lot of similarities. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. Anyway, the, there were cars. Where I stick up our address and write yeah. letters too. Yeah, right. <laughs> Send your comments too. Yeah, exactly. There were a lot of cars overheating in Death Valley National Park. Ooh, and that's bad because that's you're basically in the desert, and you might not see any. The place is so large, you might not see anybody for a few days. Cars were breaking down because they were overheating in that temperature. They uh, the park rangers rescued three different uh, uh, carloads of people after their cars broke down, and and that could be 
very bad news. Oh, very deadly. I mean, you know, yeah, when you're, you're driving the over there, when you're driving over there anyway, it's wise to make sure you have plenty of water, plenty of gas. And and they they advise you to check your fluids in your car, check your, Man. you know, yeah. Your coolant and your uh, make sure you have some water because you don't tons of water and, and and gas because there's not a lot of gas stations out there. See, I mean, I know people travel out there and they have to drive that road. But it's like I have no desire to go and say, oh, I, let's go opposite. visit there. I would love to. I want to drive through there. Are you I want to drive to California someday. We drove through, was it New Mexico that we drove through? Yeah. And it was it was at night. And we were I don't running think low we, on gas. We were low on gas. We no. had zero cell signal. And we saw a volcano. Remember that? There was nothing. And we didn't see another car. I was, and we hadn't had dinner. Like we didn't realize we were not going to go through another town. We did for not. Hours. We did not see a UFO. So <laughs> Roswell. I mean, yeah. I was getting nervous. We were getting super nervous, like watching the tank get lower and lower, and there were no towns, and no cell signal to call if we needed help or anything. Like I, I think was we finally panicking. got into Texas, and there was a town right on the edge of Texas. There was a tiny little town with a gas wow. station. That was it. I think oh. we passed a couple gas stations, but they were closed down. That's and... when you buy, you're so hungry, you'll buy those gas station sandwiches. And oh, yeah, cooler. just something, anything. Yeah. Was, we did. We they, Well, they had like one of those little sandwich shops in there. Is that what they did? That they would make the sandwiches oh, for you. But I, I mean, was it was good. late at night. They were getting ready to close. And <gasps> you're like, please make me a sandwich, please. <laughs> We've been driving through alien land in New Mexico. We and it wanted... didn't even look like we were in the safest of towns, but you know. Well, <laughs> you, you know, when the primal instinct kicks in, you got to eat. It doesn't matter where you're at. You're going to go and find food. Well, of course. Here's, here's a fun fact for Death Valley. Um, oh. The the actual, I mean, Death Valley. Oh, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, I'll Death talk Valley. Yeah, De- yeah, Death Valley is really often referred to as one of the hottest places in the U.S., if not the world and and the reason they say that Death Valley. yeah they call it Death Valley because they uh, on uh let's see uh on sunday afternoon wait wait wait, wait let me read this uh oh the, the, a record was set there july 10th 1913 of the oh, I hot, saw that. yeah I hottest saw that on the wiki 134 degrees i cannot believe an air temperature of 134 degrees but the heat index was only 112 because it's a they, dry had, heat. Yeah, they had no humidity. <laughs> I, I'm just, I just made that up. Don't go and fact check that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because we all know heat index. If you have humidity, it's going to, the feels like, which are whether we're phrase of the week last week, you know, was up there. But uh, yeah, 134 degrees was the all time record high at Death Valley and possibly the hottest place on earth. I do not, you know. See that even but freaks me out. Where is it? There, there's a desert in. Is it in Africa or somewhere? Yes, that there they is all, a desert in Africa. It's pretty big too. All right, yeah. smart Alec. <laughs> but where is it that they all live underground? Like it's so hot that no one even lives above ground. Like they actually oh, wait, all their that, houses are um, caves and they tunnel under. Wait a minute, wait. Uh, because it's so hot during the day and you can't. Those even are groundhogs. No, no. Is that in? Is that in Africa or is that over like in? I thought Iraq it was or, Africa. Okay. Maybe no. it is. It may be over more towards. Why Iraq. does was, that ring a bell in my head? That's so strange. But I've looked it up on. They live underground like on the satellites. Yeah. And at night, there's nothing. You can see nothing because there's no lights. There's no houses. They're all underground. Well, that, that is, is a way so to stay bizarre. cool, though. 
that's but, that's where they live because it's so hot they cannot come out and but like I would be so claustrophobic <laughs> like I could never live underground oh god no like, in my whole house would I would like it I would love to live in a cave oh I don't want to live in a cave these are not I mean like it would caves. be moist all like, the time there's too but, many uh, bats out there there's bats and everything that oh we can't do anything hey what you know what what MoDOT just came out with a warning today Oh, Did really? you hear about this? Mm, I it's, don't think so. It's kind of breaking news. It's kind of along that. Okay. Well, Modot says the hot temps could cause pavement blowups across the Ozarks. Oh dear lord! It doesn't mean they're going to explode. No, I've never heard of it. It just means I've never heard gonna... of it referred to as a pavement blowup. No. I wouldn't call it a blow up. It's more of a, a buckle. Buckle. That's what I was gonna it's more like when wood buckles when it gets it's what it looks like to me. Oh, uh, okay. Okay, I can I'm see at that. A picture right now. It's uh You can look that up. It's online. buckling. I'm showing Rando. That's what it is. Oh yeah. It can cause it can okay. cause some issues if you hit that at high speed, you know? Well oh, the high gosh, temperatures do that. Yeah. this week could Cause the pavement to buckle across Ozark highways, so be careful. It's not going to be that hot. We've had that's, hotter weather before. Like, we've had hotter summers than Modots, this. Modots, we're heading into that. Well, maybe they time saw it in year. the past, and so well, like, okay, we should warn them this time. It has happened. Well, no, I'm so, sure it has happened. I'm just saying, I'm not. Sh- I, I'm, I don't know. Probably anything over ninety-five or whatever. See, hey. I remember years ago when we had. Excessive I'd heat say, warnings yes. for days. And I don't About remember. By the time the we time. got married, it was 110 degrees. It was 100 and something the day we got oh, married. Oh, dear Lord, really? I think there were some pavement blowups in Oklahoma. And then that next year, when we went on our one year anniversary, and I was pregnant, and it was, we were in Dallas. That's what I was thinking of. It was so hot. It was it so was hot. Like 107. Oh. She was puking in trash cans. Oh. She was seven months pregnant. I wasn't seven months pregnant. I was like five months pregnant. Something oh, like okay. that. With our but still, like, oh, but I was past the sick stage. Like I was past being sick. Right, but just hot. And then just walking out there in that heat, 106, 107 degrees, was making me sick. Hey, speaking of pavement blowups. Okay. Did you hear what happened in uh, was it Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh International Airport? In Pennsylvania? No. What happened? A lightning strike this week blew a hole in the runway, in one of the runways there. Ooh, really? Huge hole. It had to be a big, powerful strike to, to put, a, the pavement. put a hole in the runway. Why would I would it assume those it? runways are pretty thick concrete, I would assume. I'm trying to th- figure out why it would planes. strike the middle of a runway. Well, it did. I mean, I guess they got stuff underneath. You know what? They may have like some heating element stuff I'm in it. Sure Lightning can strike anywhere. I Lightning tell you. does strike anywhere. That's true. Wow! But, uh, struck a hole in the runway. So I thought Holy that was crap. Kind of neat. Have you heard about the uh, grasshoppers? Okay, now I know not the grasshoppers. No, I did hear the cicadas are like about yeah, ready to explode or something. A seventeen year, yeah, thirteen, seventeen. Yeah. Okay, well, out in western Oklahoma, grasshoppers are swarming out there. They're everywhere. I'm looking at a picture, and there's you can't even see the grass for all the grasshoppers. Ew! They wiped out a thirty acre hayfield in western Oklahoma. Ew! In 
less than a week. <gasps> Grasshoppers. That's bad. Ate a 30 acre hay field. Can you imagine? I mean, with They're this hungry. year, nothing surprises me anymore. Well, yeah, I, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, my God. Grasshoppers eating it. 2020. Yeah, okay. It's like, what else? Bring on. You know, whatever happened to the murder hornets? I mean, you know, we had the murder <sighs> well, hornets. So I then think we... the grasshoppers <laughs> ate them. The grasshoppers ate them. Good. Good. Or the, we need... <laughs> or the, bubonic, cir- the bubonic squirrel. Oh, yeah. Did, I, or, I if I read that article about the squirrel yeah. with the bubonic plague in Colorado. It could, it could have been the, the ninja... Uh, what's those things? The bear was. Did you see the nunchuck oh, the, bear? The, the nunchuck, nunchuck bear. bear. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Oh my! I want to know how they know the squirrel has bubonic. Like, you know, at what point did they decide to just randomly test a squirrel? Exactly. Or did he look sick? That, that's my point. It's like, how did, he did show you show up on someone's porch and he didn't look good? So they decided. Well, they probably well, they probably had two guys <laughs> out squirrel hunting one day, and they shot the squirrel and said they're getting ready to eat it. And they go, Hey Earl, did you test that squirrel for the bubonic plague yet? And they grabbed that test out of his wallet. It's probably just a little. Send your letters too. <laughs> so I think what happened is we had because it's Colorado. You had they got a hold of some really good weed, and they decided they were going to keep the squirrel as a pet. And they thought, you know, we need to have this pet tested before he before goes. Before we bring it in the house. Before we bring it in the house. And they went and had it tested and it had the bubonic plague and they had to like get rid of the squirrel or something. Well, I'm going to assume that they noticed that dead squirrel was wearing a mask. That's probably what well, set, you know, set them in the right direction on that. I, so he was a mask wearing squirrel. Okay. So send us your idea of how you think. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is where Shara holds up the send letters. I'm and holding go. up the sign. Write letters to... <laughs> Oh, I think we're almost ready to go off the rails. Uh, you know, one thing we haven't talked about in a while, and it's we're, we're going to have to start talking about it because hopefully it's not going to be a big issue, but it might because we do not see a lot of rain in the future. Um, the drought monitor is, is coming alive at this point. I think it is going to be an issue. Uh, and I think if it doesn't rain soon, by mid-August, it's not going to be now didn't you didn't you send me a graphic about Oklahoma that's getting into the kind of a droughty conditions yeah, now? Yeah, well Missouri, Western Missouri is Western Missouri is already in the abnormally dry range, which is D2 or uh, D1? No, it's D0. Abnormally dry is D0. Well, I thought, I, okay, I thought they had the next I thought they had D1. Anyway, D D0 is abnormally dry, D1 is moderate drought. Oh. Because Oklahoma so, uh, had some duty. Miami area in Ottawa County and into Tulsa is in D one. Uh, D two is severe drought from Tulsa County on to the west, but they have extreme drought to that to the west of there out in western. That's Oklahoma. what I was looking at. Extreme, like D fours or something. And but we're already in a normally dry, and that's not good. We really didn't hit that last year. It was really wet, uh, consistently. Through the last summer, we didn't. Yeah, reach we didn't have to conditions. talk about drought much. I two mean, years ago, now we did. But. Yeah, a few years, uh, two years ago. I mean, this podcast is this is uh, kind of our third year. I think we you can go back to our early podcast on our on our website stormdarweather and hit uh, podcast and media, and you can get all of our podcasts, all the all the ones from 
I think close to day one, I think you can go. I, well, close to it. Uh, if you really want the first one, let us know because it's a long story. If you story. go back too far, I'm not on them. And yeah, no, yeah, no, no. You want the ones good, with Cher so. on. So. <laughs> but one of them was, was drought, and we were talking about drought. So that was two years ago. Yeah, last year we didn't really have much of a drought issue. But what I'm afraid of... Uh, seriously, I mean, that's, you know, okay, number one, we just talked about that record heat bubble down in, in Arizona and Death Valley. And now that, well, that's sliding this way and that's going to squash or people like when I say squash, um, any organized rain chances until this big high pressure can go away. So if Western Missouri and Miami, you know, Oklahoma and stuff are starting to get in this abnormally dry to possibly, you know, light to moderate, that's all coming this way. And I don't really see a lot of organized rain in the next couple of weeks. And we're going to have Not temperatures. Not looking good. No, we're going to have temperatures in the mid-90s with lows in the mid-70s. I'm certain, and I'm sure you're certain too, Corey, that heat products will be coming out um, once this boundary moves away. I mean, I think our only saving grace right now is that boundary that's going to stall. It's it's through the area. It's going to kind of stall. That might bring us some relief, but that's going to wash out. So, I mean, I'm As getting worried. The drought monitor is released once a week, and it'll be coming out in the morning. But as of July 9th, we have most of McDonough County into Barry County, portions of Jasper County near, uh, near the town of Jasper, mm-hmm. and near Nevada already in a moderate drought. They're not abnormally dry. They're moderate. already in the moderate drought. See, that's what, I was, I, that's what I was thinking. It's like we're starting to really get up there, and so we've got to have – I mean, it was wet. You know what? We had the wettest March on record or wettest May or right. whatever – and it's amazing how the climate can just boom and just But it shift. seems like that's what happens on those severe drought years where we get all of our rain at once. Right. And then nothing. Uh, and uh, Yeah, yeah. I'm just curious. And, and this is something I mentioned a couple of times before, too. And th- I've, this has happened in the past since, I mean, I've been in Branson over 20 years. And this has happened several times. We have a really hot July. And all of a sudden... August gets really cool with highs in the 70s and 80s. So I, 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 that's too far away to really, we'll see. You, know, you know, talk about. It's going to be. I think. I think. I think it's going to be hot. Yeah, but we do need to bring the drought. Uh, I think we're going to have to bring the drought back. So, well, shoot. Now I have to make two drops: the tropical update and the drought. Just fun well, stuff for here at Stormdar Weather. Folks can head on, you know, it's updated every Thursday morning on stormdarweather.com. Just go to stormdarweather.com and scroll to the bottom and you'll see a graphic that says drop monitor. Click on it. And depending on where you live, it's going to bring up your state. Uh, oh, that's good because we record Wednesday night and they update it the next day. So you're talking right. about last week's data. Correct. Ah, so yes. So click I don't on think that. the rain, I mean, Folks over in Kansas and Oklahoma, they had some rain. I don't know that it was enough to, you know, oh from that big storm, the, quench the drought or anything nah, like that. So. so, no, and and poppers, poppers will do great for like a small area, but they're not going to do anything well, for yeah. like I mean, a large good for the front yard, but not the backyard. I'm you know? ready for a master blaster. Come through, give us some some rainage or whatever. Okay, so I think it's time to get to the next segment. It's the weather word of the week. 
It is the Stormdar Weather Weather Word of the Week, and we're going to toss it to Shara. So what is our Stormdar Weather Weather Word of the Week? Sigmet. Sigmet, yes. So what is Sigmet? A Sigmet is a weather advisory that contains meteorological information concerning the safety of all aircrafts. Mm-hmm. Aircraft. Aircraft. Aircraft, yeah. There are two types of sigmets, convective and non-convective. Right, yeah. And, and sigmet is actually an acronym. I mean, if you, of course, you're, it's a podcast, so you can't see it, but it's all capitals, S-I-G-M-E-T. And it stands for Significant Meteorological Information. Now, I don't know why and sigmet I is not on there, because there's no I for information, but sigmet. And what it does, it is really... Specifically, like she said, designed for aircraft. If you have uh, the non-convective would be if there's a dust storm going on, if there is a volcano explode and there's ash going up into the sky, they will issue a sigmet to the airline pilot to not fly through that. And then you have the convective sigmets, which are obviously the thunderstorms that, you know, going up, you got a big old supercell, 55, 60,000 feet. You really kind of need to go around that (laughs) or your plane's going to turn upside down. So that's what a sigmet is, S-I-G-M-A-T. Wow. Yay. What are you looking at? She's looking at something. Oh, Corey doesn't have a phone yet, right? Correct. <laughs> how, how are you faring without a phone there, Corey? Not well. <sighs> Gives me some extra time to... Look at his iPad. Do laundry. <laughs> do laundry, look at... Yeah, I wonder well, how... Well, my iPad is not as easily maneuverable as my phone, because I can, you know, bring it out in my the palm of my hand and work it with my thumb. My, my iPad is huge. Yeah. Because I have one of those extra large ones. Oh, you got like the pros. like a big screen TV. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like... I can sit in bed and play a game on it because it's just like, it's huge, like a huge paper. <laughs> and it's blinding. Right. It's like, yeah, oh it's kind of bright a bit. Shara's like, please, I want to go to I'm sleep. sleep now. <laughs> anyway, I'm still in the market for a phone. We'll see what yeah. happens. So if anybody out there's got a what an iPhone that's still if functional. If has got a used iPhone that still works, yeah. I, Corey, I've got Karen's 5C. I mean, if you want it, to, it won't do hey, anything. It internet. It be a phone. I, mean, I have no idea. I mean, 5C, they don't even update it. You won't even be able to run anything That's over That's what 11. I was afraid of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, re- it's archaic. You know, and it's funny. My employer still has a, <laughs> an iPhone 4. Wow. <laughs> I know. It's like this big. Dinosaur. It's, it's this, he still uses it, so it's great. I wish my, I mean, I prefer the smaller ones, but. That's why I want to get the SE. And I'm so glad that the new iOS 14 covers my SE. Yeah, I, I thought I was going to have to get another phone, even though it, the, the voice-to-text is really bad. <laughs> it's just, it's getting it worse. It just gets worse and worse and worse. Well, it's if like, you get a new SE, it'll be bigger than what you have. Well, a little bit, yeah, yeah. But, but not huge. I mean, well, there's a whole other issue. You'll that. notice a difference. Oh, I bet. I bet. Okay, well, we talked about the heat. We talked about uh, those cool clouds and the severe weather. We talked about everything on this I podcast. we did. I think yeah. we did. Did we leave out anything? I don't think we got Can't drought. We got Neowise. Well, see, next week 
next week is that's when Neowise supposedly is supposed to be closest to us. So maybe it'll be even more. Uh, we'll just have to week? see if that tail holds on and if it. I know because it can brighten and, and then dim within a day or two, and then we won't be able to see it. It'd for, be like amphibian, so it just loses a tail. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> they they discovered the comet. I think end of March, and. <coughs> It's amazing that they know so much about it already that it, they already know that it won't be back for 6,800 years. How do they know it won't even be back? Even though crazy. they didn't even know about it until March. Mm-hmm. You know, it just worries me that sometime, some, uh, some point down the road, they're going to discover a comet and then it decide, hey, wait, that's not a comet and it's an asteroid. And here we are three weeks later and, you know, have to shoot some missiles at that thing or something to blow it up. I think they can do that now, right? Hopefully. Well, the way I look at it, it's it's only July. Right. And the way 2020's going, we still got about five months left. Yeah. Anything Four or five. could happen. Anything could happen at this point. I just want to get rid of my, 2020. My weather predictions come <laughs> true a lot. I hope I didn't, didn't doom us, you know? Yeah. We may, this whole planet may spontaneously combust. We never know. Yeah. But you know what? At least we have stormed our weather and the stormed our weather podcast. So we like that. Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) Well, everybody, please be safe. It's going to be hot and hot and hot this week. Temperatures are going to go up mid 90s. So, I mean, Sherry's going to be at the pool. Are you going to be at the lake in the pool? Is that what you're doing? Well, totally. Always. (laughs) Always. I'm probably going to be inside and doing shows and playing disc golf when it's really cool. So Next week, we're going to celebrate my 29th birthday again. Awesome. Oh, we'll have to make it the special Shara edition. Yes. I'll have everything cleaned off. Y'all can come over. I'll I'll make you a big old cake. I'll I'll talk to you because I like to bake. So we'll we'll talk. Yeah, I I like cake. So. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, you guys got anything else before we click this off here? We're good. All right. Well, let's wrap this thing up then. Be sure to look for us on Facebook at Stormdar Weather. Like our page and be sure to like or comment on our post to have the show up in your news feed. I can't even read. Uh, you can always contact us through our Facebook page or send us an email to stormdarweather at gmail.com. Also, check out our website and our merch store at stormdarweather.com. Well, that does it for this time, so join us next week for the next edition of the Stormdar Weather Podcast. Mm-hmm.